Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. Happy Wednesday. Happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it is. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, And it is another week and we are our first week into spring. It doesn't feel like I can tell you that. But by the time we're listening, this comes out on Wednesday. I think it's supposed to be like 26 next week in Melbourne. Yeah, let's hope so. So today is actually, I think they said it's the coldest day since June. And I made you go out in the street and interview people. Yeah, sorry about that. It was very windy, um, but I'm happy it's finally. I feel like in Melbourne, the first week of September, like you know, like things are buzzing. It's Mm. like getting to the grand final and just like, I don't know, I feel like there's always a buzz in September. Something's in the air. Yeah, and. Yeah, so it's great. I'm loving that. Speaking of us going out in the street today, I just did a TikTok about this as well. Mm-hmm. We met a girl called Beyonce today. I, know. I was and like, Beyonce. I was like, yes, great. No, I wasn't. But I wish I asked one, like, is does she identify as bon- Beyonce? Is that her real name? Like, did, or did, was her mum a mega fan of the Destiny's Child or Beyonce? Like, Oh, yeah, true. Is that her real name? True. Yeah. We and she was her. cool and she was swaggy. So I actually did a shout out on TikTok and I was like, if anyone knows this girl, can people please find out for me? Because I've never, ever met someone oh with a God, real name, so Beyonce. <laughs> I don't care. <gasps> um, yeah. So that was, she was like a real freaking vibe. We liked her. She was swaggy. Yeah. Um, but this week we have Phil on the podcast, who is one of our friends, Phil Conway, and he was on MasterChef. Yes, our chili filly, and he cooks us dinners previously. He hasn't cooked us for a dinner for in a while, so. Well, I'm, I've given him a challenge. He has to cook a bougie parmigiana because he's not a fan of parmas. Yes. And I was like, mm, you need to go back to Ireland or you're going to make us a bougie one. <laughs> We're going to send you back on a boat, Philly. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but it's a good chat. We love talking to Philly. We spoke about Master Master Chef season, and obviously, it was one of the most spoken Talks about, about yeah. talked about seasons. And we spoke about that. We spoke about his trying out the season before, and at the end, Phil talks about life and how his life changed, and it actually warmed my heart so much. Yeah, I think we found our snippet mm. for the uh, podcast. But yeah, it was a great episode. And I mean, you can sit, I could sit on this podcast table and talk about food all day. Like there's so many memories attached to food when we're talking about like a food we had as a child. Like mm. we talk about apricot chicken. Like if you're an Aussie kid, you had apricot chicken as a kid. No, I loved it. I actually still love it. <laughs> I haven't cooked it for a while, but like maybe that's one I can cook. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you guys like this episode and we will see you guys next week on the potty. Much love. Ciao. Anyway, Phil, welcome. I see Sarah's already started recording. Why not? We love that. Usually behind the scenes stuff are usually the most funniest. Anyway, welcome to Curious Conversations. Thank you. So excited to finally be on the pod with you guys. I know. Actually, hang on, chilly feeling. Has your wife been on this? 
No. Oh, you've done something first before Haley. Watch like, it. I've gone above her in the influence <laughs> world now. I've got to find the talent, right? Yes. I think she's looking after you. She 100% is. She's That's like, Make good. sure you talk clear, be presentable. Oh, like, really? She's like, set me up. She's your yeah. PR agent. Full manager mode. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So people who are listening have seen your MasterChef, um, but can you give us a little bit of a background pre-MasterChef? Because you have a different career. I would say, and you yeah. obviously are not from Australia. <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely not from Australia. Yeah, from Ireland originally, a place called Galway in the west of Ireland. A Galway girl that Sheeran used to sing. I about. was that just, song. is he? Yeah. Is he from Galway? He's not, but his grandparents are, and he used to come <gasps> there in the summers and like busk on our local street, our local shop street. And there's all these photos of him as a kid on our shop street, like busking and just no. playing for money. So you saw him play? Would have walked past him a hundred times. No I had no way. idea. He came over three months in the summer. It's like a really famous busking street, and you see there's like a photo of him once summer just playing inside the road and two years later our national stadium like our mcg hundred thousand people sell out crowd he's like, got an amazing story yeah, like that's crazy yeah so what year did you come to australia 2010 moved to australia definitely one of the best things i ever did i just knew there was a bit more to life than the mm. west of ireland and came here with the intention to why do irish people and english people tend to move to australia whoever markets australia overseas does a really good job because i was like Summer all year round, 365 <laughs> days of sunshine, beaches, landed in Melbourne, rain, grey. I was like, what is this? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still in shot. Ireland. Did yeah. you, when you were living in Ireland, did you think that there were kangaroos in the street? And like, what yeah. else did you think Australia was? I almost didn't come because I was petrified of spiders. I was like, they're <laughs> going to be everywhere. I was like, I'm going to wake up in bed. There's going to be one on me. I was like, nah, can't go. I can't do it. Do you not have spiders in Ireland? No, you get these tiny little ones. You might see them like once a year. Nothing over there is poisonous. Nothing is trying to kill you. Really? None of these poisonous snakes or sharks or crocs. Like, there's nothing harmful. No snakes. No snakes. No. That would be heaven. What's the appeal of living in Ireland? We have a very good drinking culture. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the main thing, which was another reason I had to get out of there because yeah. I was very fond of that drinking culture yeah. as well. And yeah, needed to do a bit more of my life than spend it in the, the pub Friday, Saturday, mm. Sunday. Yeah, so you moved to Australia, right? Yeah. But food wasn't your love then, was it? No, it yeah. wasn't. I always like... Liked food, enjoyed going out, but I was never like a foodie per se. You liked food. We all know the before photos of Philly. (laughs) Fat Phil, slide it up. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. I used to like live in McDonald's, smoke a pack a day, drink all the time. Oh, did you smoke too? Yeah. I I did not know that. Yeah. A packet. Pack every single day. Okay. So you were not being healthy. Super unhealthy. Not into like, food. You were into food, but not the right food. Not the right food. Like, yeah, <laughs> not no, the right quality I'm too food. Too into it. Yeah. Uh, and then, how did you fall? Because we know you. Obviously, Haley is one of our best friends, but we also knew you in the fitness space. Mm. How the hell did that happen? Well, I went home after I'd been here for a year, and yeah. I like really stacked on the kilos. Okay. It's a couple of photos of me around that first summer here in Australia, and I went back home to see my friends who obviously hadn't seen me for a long time. Uh-huh. And it's different when you're around people every day; they kind of see you gradually yeah. get bigger. But I hadn't seen them for a year, and I came back home, and they were like, "What the hell, man? Like you're looking so much bigger. Like not like a super mean way, but <laughs> yeah. like the, the shock. shock. And I could yeah. kind of tell like." I've actually let myself go here. And when I came back, I was like, I'm going to do six weeks. I'm going to not drink, not smoke, eat a little bit, join the gym, get a bit healthier, see what happens. And after six weeks, I just felt so much better about myself. And Uh I was like, all right, I'm going to do another six weeks. And then another six weeks. And just kind of kept going and snowballing. And I dropped like 25 kilos, gave up smoking. Like that day I flew back to Australia, haven't smoked ever since. Like for the next two years, I'd say I drank maybe five, six times. I just like committed to two years of just healthy lifestyle, mm. lost a bunch of weight and 
honestly like not being dramatic i really think it saved my life because yeah. i was on such a bad track of drinking smoking going out all the time mental health was not great physical health was terrible and that was like a turning point in my life do you think a lot of do you know any other irish people that come over to australia is, do you think that's like a pattern a hundred percent i can say this someone who's dated, I was kind of i was yeah this is what <laughs> i was asking someone who's dated an irishman oh. and still speaks to said irishman oh. just in a friend's way guys yeah, yeah. um yeah. He's he goes through the same thing and is now like spoke to him and started this week and he's like it's been one week I just need to not go out and drink like my roommate wants to go out and drink this weekend yeah. but I can't because he's like I can't just go out and have one or two it's like no yeah we've got no self control yeah, yeah. Like, let's go out in a pint for Thursday we come home on Sunday yes it's like a homesick thing as well or it's just the culture it's just the culture yeah. it's the way it is you and just send kind of- it. All the time. You just, everything is success all the time. There's no off button. Mm. Like, there's no, like, sociable drinks. Like, that doesn't exist in Ireland. Like, definitely didn't when I was there anyway. But it was just, yeah, all or nothing, all in. So then how did you fall into food? Well, as I kind of started getting healthier and started eating a bit better, I kind of realized going out to pubs and drinking and nightclubs and stuff wasn't really going to be for me going forward. But obviously needed some sort of a social life. I couldn't just sit at home and do chicken, broccoli and rice all the time. Mm, or tuna. No, or gross. Vomit. So I was like, I need to have some sort of a social outlet. So talking to friends in similar kind of situation, like should we just start going for dinners, go into the city, try different restaurants, like have a couple of wines, nothing too hectic where you yeah. don't end up in the pub. And it kind of just snowballed from there. And there's such a great food culture in Melbourne. Every week there's a new restaurant that opens, there's somewhere good to go. And there was so many on the list because obviously when I hadn't been here, hadn't lived here, hadn't eaten in any of these restaurants, I like put this list together of oh, like wow. 25 restaurants. And I was like, I want to work my way through all of these over the next few weeks and then just kind of got hooked on the food scene and then started cooking more and then got into the wine and just kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I I want to loop back to like that list of restaurants because I want to know what are your top restaurants in Melbourne to eat at. But how did you go from that then being like, you know what, I think I might apply for MasterChef? Well, I always loved cooking and I always mm. cooked for myself and that was part of like the fitness journey as well was doing my own cooking and meal prep yeah. and yeah. I was like a fussy eater as a kid and my mom would always have to cook a second dinner oh. for me to the rest of the family. And when I was around 14, she was like, look, I'm sick of this. If you want to eat something different to the rest of the family, which is like the meat and three veg mm. dinner, she's like, you cook your own thing. And I was like, fine, I will cook my own thing oh, then. Wow. I just started cooking at home and kind of really found a love for it, but nothing like to the level of cooking now. Yeah. And then in COVID, I was like, all right, I need something to do with my days. The gym was closed, couldn't go to work and started just cooking and cooking and watching mm-hmm. MasterChef and cooking shows and just sitting at home one night. And I was like, yeah, this is what I need to do at the next stage of my life. That's crazy. Because yeah. I remember going back to you, like you and Haley would always be dining at restaurants. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I, we go to the same – well, I definitely do. Yeah. I'm a creature of habit. I go to the same place all the time because I know I like them. But you guys are so adventurous. Yeah. So then going back to Sarah's question, what is probably your top three favourite places to eat in Melbourne? Can I just say something? Yes. I Can I guess? It's, it has to be degustation because you and Hale's yeah. like those like 10 meal, 10 plates thing. And Tal will always go, I can't go out oh, to dinner with them because – Too fancy. <laughs> too fancy. <laughs> too fancy. Too, too small. Too many forms and, and words I can't pronounce. And I appreciate it. And yeah. I won't be full. So yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be degustation, right? I kind of have a mix of my top okay, three I'm and they're kind of mix. from three different spheres of eating. Okay. okay. Like in terms of degustation, fine dining, if you're going for that big special meal, for me it's Voudemont. Yeah. Like, 
The venue is amazing. The food is incredible. The wine list, the views from up there. Also got to cook there for a little bit. Paul's mm, master yeah. chef, which was epic. So absolutely love it in there. Did you and, learn? What did you when you work in a kitchen of that kind of caliber? What do you do and what do you learn? Do you just learn by like by observation? Do they teach you skills that you won't learn anywhere else? They definitely teach you skills, not so much in just like home cooking stuff, but how to like get prepped, get set up, get mm, everything yeah. like clean and ready, working smart like the level of precision and standards, you don't kind of notice. You know, you just cook something, you put it together, and then when they actually go through and break it down with you, they're like, well, this is like this, that's undercooked there, this is under-seasoned, and you kind of take things apart, and you can see the way the food should be plated, and then your own standards start to lift. And even now when I cook stuff for friends, and they're like, this looks amazing, I'm like, no. Not good enough. Not wow. good enough. Really? Yeah, you start to just those. So it's like the presentation. Fine, yeah, the little finer details. So what? Like, say, a sauce on top of a steak has to be precise, Underneath. or like not so, so much the presentation, but yeah. like you taste that sauce. Yeah. Like, is there enough salt in there? Is there enough acid yeah. in there? Like, if it's a really fatty cut of meat, you want some acidity to to balance it off. Whereas, you know, it's just does it taste yum? Is kind of where you get to at home cooking, but really getting down to the finer details of the other So it tells yeah. Greyvox mushroom pepper sauce, would that be? Ew, gross. No, Vegemite for life. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yum. So but what, okay, so that would be number one. Then if I was just going for like casual, catch yeah. up with friends, something fun. We love casual. We love a bit of that. Yeah. Mm. Sarai, which is like a Filipino restaurant in the city run oh. by Ross Magne. I've seen this. Have we story? No, yeah. your stories. Gourmet Traveler's Best New Restaurant in Australia for 2022. And the guys have just absolutely killed it there from when they opened last okay. year. And we met them on the show. And he was one of the few chefs that like post filming an episode was like, said to the whole cast, like, add me on Instagram, come to the restaurant, like, we'll take oh. care of you. We've all just gone there ever since and eaten, and the food is, like, next level. It's so good. What, what can you expect on the menu from there? Yeah, like, so what's Filipino food? Exactly. What is Filipino I no food? Idea. I've never even heard of it before there. But yeah. they're big on, like, pork. They make a lechon dish, which Yum. is, like, their signature, and they're, like, chicken adobo sauces. But he takes kind of, like, the traditional Filipino recipes and puts a bit of a modern Australian twist mm-hmm. on it to cater for the, the market here. But... It's like the Asian food market in Australia is pretty saturated. Like there's so Mm. much stuff, but I've never really seen anywhere that was Filipino. I couldn't even name a Filipino restaurant. Mm. And to have something different that's Asian but different and a real point of difference was pretty cool to go and see. And yeah, yeah, I just love it. I go there casual Sunday if I want to go, just hang out with some friends, a couple of cocktails, some good Filipino food over fire. Where in Melbourne is that? It's just off um, Little Burke Street. Okay. Yeah. So it's like in the city. Okay, well, that's one we have to check out. And then the third. And then the third is my favourite little wine bar in South Melbourne, Balotta. Oh, oh yes. Like, I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic like French Euro bistro vibes. Like you could go in there and you could be sitting in Rome or Paris. Like it just mm-hmm. transports you. Mm-hmm. The food is just like classic European rustic. The wine list is epic. Service is great. And Yeah. yeah. And what about you have travelled, you know, quite frequently over to like mm. London and stuff like that. I know yeah. you guys have dined in all the great places. Sure is there one place that stands out to you and you're like, if you ever go overseas, you need to go to this place? Yeah. There's one restaurant just outside of Barcelona called El Cellar de Can Roca. Okay. Which is a three Michelin star, number one restaurant in the world. But it's in like this Spanish villa. It's behind like big gate of walls. Oh, wow. Like you go in and you just, the whole experience and the second you walk through those gates, you're in their like family home that's been converted into this like fine dining restaurant. And has this cellar with like 50,000 wine bottles in it. You get the tours of the kitchen. The food is next level. And it's one of those, even though it's three Michelin stars, it's quite laid back. Like mm-hmm. the staff are really easygoing. Like the waiter could see that we were enjoying the wines. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you another top up. Like wow. just real kind of relaxed vibes for a three yeah. Michelin star restaurant, which I kind of wasn't expecting. Uh-huh. And the food is amazing. Yeah. Really? Obviously it's- Spanish food. 
Spanish food, but it's kind of the the avant-garde of the the modern Spanish cuisine. Yeah. So a lot of similar to like the Filipino guys putting the modern Australian twist on it. They kind mm-hmm. of put that modern European flair on it. Yeah. Pretty wow. tough to get a booking though. We had to book it like 12 months out when no we went. No way. Yeah. So if anyone's going to Europe next year, book it now. Book it now, <laughs> yeah. When they won the number one restaurant in the world, they had 2 million res- reservation <gasps> requests within 24 hours. Like insane. Who wow. who yeah. says that that's the number one restaurant in the world? The World 50 Best Award, which is kind of the, the biggest award for number one restaurant in the world. Is there one guy that says that? No, there's like teams that like the people that do Asia, Australia, Europe, and they go there three times over the course of a year and then they all kind of debrief, go through it, roll down the list and then, yeah. Is there anything from Australia on there? I was going to say that. Attica and Bray have been in the top 50 a few times. They're not at the moment. Mm. Rockpool in Sydney, when it first opened back then, was in it way back in its heyday. Yeah. Yeah. I would not have said that. No. That's interesting. Is Bray the winery? No, out in... Down at the right. Ottawa's. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, epic restaurant as well. Really? Yeah, yeah, so good. How can I appreciate degustation food more? I think, yeah, it's a bit hard like that. You have to definitely have an appreciation for the cooking that goes into mm-hmm. it because when it is small bites, yeah. it's two or three bites. But for me, it's... When I go there, I'm ju- not just going there for a meal. I'm going for an experience. Yeah. Like, yeah. The venue, the service. Like, you go somewhere like Bray. It's all the food has come from their farm. It's all local produce. Like, it's all been treated so well. Watching the chefs work in the kitchen, how meticulous they are. Like, it's a whole performance. It's not just, you know, what's on the plate of food. And I mm. think that's the big thing you got to take away from it is you're paying for an experience, not just a meal. Yeah. I want to dive into MasterChef. But before we dive mm. more into MasterChef, can you tell us what your favorite cuisine is to cook? Because I've had you, we've had your like meat before. Yeah, Perfect. I, I like, love silly steaks. Yeah, but what would be your favorite cuisine? Like I love. You live with an Italian. I know an Italian <laughs> who doesn't cook. Yeah. <laughs> of all the Italians, like I love like French and Italian foods, yeah. like classic French traditional stuff, and I'm like I do like love clean, the fine dining. Yeah, like um. Fancy Phil, I'm a wanker. What can I say? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just who I am. Yeah, I just love that fine dining, that high end service. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my jam. Yeah. yeah. Would you ever open anything of your own? Look, I would love to have my own wine bar, but it's like such a tough industry. It's so intense and like this sounds a bit weird, but I would like to do it as a hobby rather than mm, an yeah. actual yeah. Job. job. So yeah. if I could have it on the side, do it with someone, kind of work on it like that, I think that would be ideal scenario yeah. and just mm. drink away the days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'd be beautiful. And all your friends come down, have a glass yeah. of wine. Like yeah, it'd be so nice. We'd come down and have a glass of Gamay now because yeah. I know what Gamay yes. is. I need to try this Yes. So let's go to MasterChef. Can mm. How, for anyone that's listening and didn't watch this season of MasterChef, how far did you get? I came 12th this year. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. Which I was like, it's not that great. I didn't that well. And someone was like, you're the 12th best home cook in Australia for yes. 2023. I was like, yeah, when you put it like that, that's yeah. pretty good. How many contestants are there to start with? 18 this year. Okay. Yeah. There's normally 24, but they cut it down to 18 this year. Oh. And we had one person that had like a, a comeback. So oh, kind yes, of technically like, yeah, 19. Yeah. 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 I stopped watching when you left. Same, same. Yeah. same. I, I have a, um, I have a question. Mm. Obviously, this season was mm. probably one of the, the most spoken about seasons of MasterChef. Yeah, for sure. How did it affect you? It affected me a lot, to mm. be honest. A lot more than when the news broke. It affected me a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah. I think kind of in shock for a couple of days, and you hear that like this bloke that we'd looked up to for mm. so long and spent so much time with was just gone. Yeah. And then when that kind of passed, you kind of start to move on from it and then the show was coming up 
And I just, I couldn't watch the first episode. Yeah. I didn't even watch it. Haley went to her family's place and watched it with them. I was like, I just need to like, just be alone, just process it and have some downtime. And yeah. I couldn't bring myself to watch the episode because I was just like so emotionally yeah. like, drained from going through that whole grieving process and then to have to like just watch him on TV and mm. pretend like it was normal. I was like, I'm not ready for this. So. Even someone who wasn't on the show, like for someone watching it from home, don't know who he is. I yeah. found it really fucking weird. Not, I was like, yeah. I don't know if I should be watching. If, honestly, if you weren't on the show, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. I felt this uncomfortable, like I don't feel comfortable watching this. Yeah. Like, so I can't imagine how that felt for all of it the It did definitely take a couple of weeks to get comfortable, yeah. to say, that watching it. But then when you kind of saw like – all of us having our little wins with him, mm. those little moments, like being happy in the kitchen with him, it kind of helped that grieving process yeah. and moving on from it, but it was definitely tough. Yeah. Because there was a little window there where you were unsure if the season was going mm-hmm. to go ahead. And for me as a friend, knowing how hard you have worked to get onto MasterChef, like for people, like for people <clears throat> that don't know, you got so close to the season before as well. Yeah, yeah. And then... You got the call back and you're like, oh, you were sussing it up. And then you, you're like, you know what, I will give it a crack. And you got on. And they were like, look, we don't know if this season's going to go ahead. If that happened, were you the contestants that were there going to get another shot or were you jibbed and going to be know. miss out? or Like at the time when people were like, oh, what do you think they should do? Are they going to do it? I was like, to be honest, I don't really care at this moment yeah, in time. I'm like just so. thinking like him and his family and his mm. kids. But I think as time has gone on, if they hadn't have aired it and we kind of, you know, got down the track three, four or five months, you'd have been like, oh, it would have been nice, nice for it to, to happen. Would they have given us another shot? I'm not so sure. I think if they didn't air this season, would the show have even carried on? Like, it's hard to know. But mm. I just knew myself that if Jock was here, he would have been like, nah, the show must go yeah. on. It's like, this is, it's not about me. It's about these guys and the food and the cooking. And that's what he was always about. Yeah. Mm. Did you, you formed like a quite a good relationship with him, didn't you, on the show? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. definitely felt that quite a bond with him, mm. him being Scottish and me being Irish yeah. and a lot of the similar, like, food cultures and stuff that we grew up with and having auditioned the year before and spent a couple of days mm. cooking with him then. And, you know, he'd sent me a couple of messages over the, the mm. year of when I was, like, practising and trying to get back on the show about, like, you know, just keep after it and advice and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. was quite meaningful to have those moments. But, yeah. yeah, he was obviously the one that I connected to and looked up to the most. Do the judges mentor you <clears> much <throat> in a sense of, like, Teach you skills and, yeah. Yeah, there is a guy, like a chef in there, who does, like, some classes with you in between the filming, like, helping you use different equipment and different techniques and stuff like that because, obviously, there's so much new stuff in there. When you get into those pressure tests, it can be like, go use some liquid nitrogen. It's like, oh, I've never used liquid (laughs) nitrogen Yeah, I would end up in hospital. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone that does that stuff. But the judges kind of mentor you as, like, your own personal cooking side of things. So, like, Andy and Jack will come into the green room. They'd have cookbooks for us. They'd be like, you need to, like, study this person. This will be good for you like after they would judge your dishes you know the cameras would stop rolling as they reset they give you a bit of extra feedback until you're like you know if you're cooking something like this you need to keep xyz in mind like they are they do put a lot into you because partly they obviously want the show to be a success the better that we are cooking the better the show is everyone wins but it's just their nature of who they are they're just mentors and leaders and Mm. i thought this throughout the season Do they eat the food cold? <laughs> it's everyone's favorite. I like. Yeah. I do it. Like, do they stone cold? No. No. Way. When when they do like the three, two, one, that's it. Yeah. They'll come around to your benches and they'll taste things. So, oh. like, if I make a dish, I'll have like a little small plate okay. here with like the meat, the sauce, the puree. So they can kind of get an idea of what it's like Tastes when it's like. warm. But then they go up to the top and just plate after plate of cold pasta, cold I meats, bunch of desserts. Like, yeah. Why yeah. cold? Well, because all the filming, it has to sit there. Because they have to go and 
do the photos and videos of the food in the back. We go for lunch. They have to do the full clean down of the set, get everything reset. And then they'll bring your plate out. You take it up. They do your judging. That could go on for yeah. two, three, four hours, depending on how many people are cooking that I, day. That makes sense. Yeah. You guys make a separate plate and they eat it while it's hot. Because so I always wondered, I'm like, I'm sure that food is cold. Like, how? So you had you were plating up two things always? If, if you could, like sometimes if you only had like enough for one, you mm. played a one and that was it. They just judge it up there. and But as you know, they come around and doing the bench judging, they'll taste your sauce and taste your mm, different yeah. and stuff to get an idea of how things are going to be. But the final judging is what you bring up to that table. So if I serve them a piece of squid at my bench and it's perfect, but the one that goes up to the top is raw or overcooked, oh. that's what they judge. Yeah. No mm. way. So what can you – like some of the challenges look quite difficult – what would have been the most difficult challenge, like that you were like a little bit sweaty and panicking? <laughs> I think definitely the day I went home. Like, Yeah, what was that challenge, challenge again? Was, the first part of the challenge was to clean, prep and cook a squid dish okay. in 45 minutes with Rick Stein and I'd never cleaned or prepped a squid before. And that was kind of the first challenge where when it was revealed, I was like, panicking. I've got nothing. Like, yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh, kind of this dish, that dish, I can kind of put something together, figure it out on the fly. But with that one, I was like, I've got like absolutely nothing. And what then, did yeah. you do for it? Um, I did like a comfy squid and scallop dish where I cooked the squid and the scallops just in some little bit of olive oil and then I made a tomato vinaigrette and some pickled cauliflowers. Mm. But, do they? How much time do they give you? To, <clears throat> is it actually legit like on the show? And they're like, okay, and go. And you've got to think while you're running into the pantry. Or is it all you, drama yeah, for the TV? Or is it like do you That's, actually get half an hour or something? No, you definitely don't get half an no. hour. They tell you like this is the challenge, three, two, one, go, and you run to the pantry so it's like and then the- they go cut. And then they bring the cameras out because the cameras are all that side when they're filming. And then they'll bring you back and they'll be like, this is the challenge. These are the rules. Does everyone understand? Yeah, cool. All right. Go. Back into position. And then they'll do the real start. So you get a couple of minutes. But in that couple of minutes, they're explaining the rules of the challenge. They're getting things set up. So it's not like, you know, you're just over in the corner and, oh, what am I going to cook today? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah, go. Because I reckon I would freeze and panic. Yeah, yeah I, was, I probably would. There was a couple of times I was definitely like that and run into the pantry with one idea and then you start looking around and you're like, you oh, maybe I it. should do this or maybe I should do that. And, yeah. Or just end up just grabbing things and then just work out when a you get to the bench, stuff. what the hell am I cooking? Yeah, and running in and out of the pantry, getting more stuff. Also, you can go back to the pantry. Yeah, you can go back oh. as many times as you want. Yeah, oh. but it obviously takes up so much of your time. Is there anything that you've watched on MasterChef before and you're like, oh, I don't know, but then you, doing it, being there, you're like, oh, that's how – it actually works. Like you're saying you get a little bit more time or... No, you don't get any time. The only thing that I didn't realise you get is, say, if you're plating up a dessert, because obviously if you put ice cream, ice cream onto a cake, it's going to melt. Ah. So all you do is you've got to finish like two minutes before the end, have everything put aside and they'll put it in the freezers. And then when they do the judging, they'll come around and you get two minutes to plate, plate up, up everything then and there. So can you kind of have an advantage or no advantage? Disadvantage? Because you lose you, two you minutes. You lose a little bit of time, but it's the time you would have plated up your dish oh, okay. anyway. So it's it's kind of same, same. But I used to watch that when like a cake would come right out of the oven yeah. and then they put ice cream out and I'd be like, how's the ice cream not melting? Oh, what is this? That yeah, makes sense. Do, yeah. And so you live with the, con- the other contestants for how long? Yeah, for the whole time you're there. In the same yeah. rooms? Yeah, two better. Yeah, we used to share beds. Me Bump and beds. Me and Theo were in a bed together. Me, him, and his bed. No, but like being no, in the no. same bedroom when you're on an intense show like that, it'd be yeah. kind of hard. No, you're in like two bedroom apartments, oh, okay. like adjoining apartments. Oh, that's oh. fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Welcome back to Chemist Warehouse Picks of the Week. And I definitely think, Sarah, you're in need of one of these. <laughs> I just told you I that. I know. I've got a pimple on my face. Okay, so we have the pimple patches. Now, I don't know if you've seen these, but these are amazing. So if you're walking around with a little pimple on your face like Sarah, 
You can grab a little pimple patch and pop it on to your pimple so then it helps heal it through the day. So it protects it from dirt, mm. cleans, keeps the pimple clean because obviously you don't want to get bacteria in the pimple and then it's going to spread. Yeah, right. So these are amazing. There's an AM and PM. There's an extra large one. So if you're fighting a few little pimples on your face, you can pop a little extra large. And no hate because we all get pimples. And then what? You can wear makeup over this. Yeah. Cool. So these all available from Chemist Warehouse. These are lifesavers. And you can just pop them in your bag in case you get a little surprise during the day. Going to put this one on that one tonight. Yeah. And so what, you go home and practice cooking at night, watch cooking yeah. shows? Just go home, practice cooking, oh, read the do. cookbooks. Yeah. We'd be like up all night, just going around to each other's apartments, cooking. Someone would message the group being like, oh, make an ice cream. Anyone want to come up? And like learning from all the other contestants. Wow. It's just like being on food camp. And you're allowed to be in contact with anyone out of the house? Because I remember when Khan was on it, he wasn't allowed yeah, apparently back in the day to they used to like take phones and yeah. laptops and stuff, but they're a bit more relaxed about okay. us now. So, yeah, we were able to have our phones and laptops and communicate. And you could go home on a Saturday or Sunday if there was no filming, as long as you were back by five o'clock oh, the next good. day. So, yeah, yeah but in saying that. I thought that, it was jail. I don't know why. <laughs> jail, yeah. Well, I thought you would just like literally get your phone taken off, you're there until you get eliminated and then done. And see ya. No. Yeah. How many weeks were you away for? I started filming at like the start of November. We had a break for three weeks over Christmas and then back started Jan and finished up like start of Feb. I was eliminated. Wow. So was, That's yeah, a long like time. A bit over three months, yeah. Wow. And just pretending I was doing nothing, <laughs> catching up with people. Yeah. Like, so what are you doing? Like, oh, just a bit of contract work, you know, nothing much. So you can't say anything. Why can't you yeah. say anything? Because they want to announce the cast yeah, when, right. when it's going to go to air and they also don't want the risk of people, like, letting stuff slip of mm, what's happening and yeah. what's going on. And It's a huge production, like a massive budget show, and they need to protect as much as possible. Mm. Now, you mentioned Rick Stein before. I yeah. am <gasps> the biggest foodie television, like, the Food Network is on my television 24-7. Really? Like, I, I knew you were going to say that. He's an old English guy, like Cornwall does, loves his seafood, travels the world tasting oh. seafood. But, like, my brother and I used to watch Nigella all the yeah. time. Like, it's just watching cooking shows relaxes me. It does. Yeah, it's therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, who was the, the person that you met? I know you met some pretty cool people that you're like, Wow. Like chefs. It's definitely Jamie Oliver. Yeah. Really? I've been, he was the first cookbook I ever had, like Jamie's Italian. That was the first thing I ever started cooking out of. And then that, like, that was our first day on set yeah, as well. So yes. I was yeah. like, oh my God, we're in the MasterChef kitchen. And, and you then, didn't know? No idea. You don't know when the chefs are coming on, like who no, it is. You don't or even who? know if there's gonna be a chef that day. Some days there is, some days there isn't. Some days so, you could like just be filming part of an episode or you could be filming a full episode. Like it's so varied and you get minimal information because they're trying Make sure that you're as unprepared as possible for so it. So you got a little bit weak at the knees. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie Oliver. <laughs> they say never meet your idol, but yeah, like, is that is he a legend? He looks such a legend. Is like, he the best yeah. bloke? And like after that whole being starstruck the first day, it was just like, oh yeah, we're cooking with Jamie today. He's just like this laid back English bloke that just loves food, loves football, like loves people, and we just come around, we chat with everyone. Does such it, a great guy. Like that. Add a layer of pressure on, like you're cooking, like you're meeting three veg, and you're like, but fuck, Jamie Oliver 100%. is yeah. going to taste also, this food. Like, yeah. but Jamie Oliver is more of a basic, not not a basic chef, but like, no, no, no basic, but like, <laughs> hope Jamie's no, not listening. no, 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 like just because I've watched some of his yeah. shows and it's, it's home it's Jamie home 15, yeah. 15 minute meals and things like yeah. that. Whatever. Like if, the, I was, if I was making meals. two minute noodles for Jamie, I'd still be shitting myself. Oh, oh, like, Jamie Oliver, yeah, yeah. What like, feedback did he give you? 
He was, um, well, I did a sauce with the, the meat dish that I did and the judges were like, yeah, it's a bit herby. I'm not too sure. And Jamie was like, I actually quite like the herby. And the yeah. sauce was like, that's all that matters to me. <laughs> yeah, that's like, all, that's all I care about. Yeah. But and no, so there was good. Jamie Oliver, Rick Stein. Who else? Um, it was cool having Hugh Allen in. They just won their third hat at Voodamond as well as so having someone Amazing. like that coming in. Oh. Shannon Bennett was obviously in there yeah. every week with us as a kind of mentor and Always loved him as well as his time at Voodamond. Yep. And the guys from Nomad as well, they were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Another great restaurant in Melbourne that I'd love to, to visit. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think who else do we have. Poe was on. Poe was oh, yeah. on, yeah. Some of the ex Julie Goodwin, yeah. the icon really? of Really? Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Who's that? I don't know if he ever comes on anymore, but I've seen him on there like years and years ago because he was one of my favorite chefs, the Vietnamese chef. I've got his cookbooks and I can't remember his name. I have um, no idea. Uh, yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The glasses. Can you win? Can you win? No. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Just, he was on this season, did the far. Was he? I missed that one. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he's one of my favorite. You know when you just yeah, love, good. like, Viet- I love yeah. Vietnamese. Did you meet Nigella? Because I know she was out here. She went to a friend's no, restaurant of mine. she wasn't on this season. Oh, oh she wasn't. But oh. she was out because she went to my friend's Greek restaurant like, yeah. not that long ago, but a while ago. Well, we were like, whenever we'd see there was a chef coming out, we'd be like tracking like, like oh, Otto, yeah, Otto Lingy was going to be here in January. Oh. Bro. Like, Otto Lingy's going to be on that week. He's going to be on that week. Everyone was like trying to get prepared for like oh. Middle Eastern stuff. Yeah, I and love him too. Did Gordon yeah. Ramsay come on? Because he was No, here. he didn't. Oh. Yeah, he would have been my all time. We met him. Did you? Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't he there. shook my hand and we had a chat with him. Really? He was, he was he at came, Bar Bambi. Yeah, he came to Bar yeah. Bambi. He was a legend. Yes. And then when guy. he was leaving, he was like, shook our hands again. He was like, so nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my God. Like, good. Yeah. It was just he one obsessed. of your icons too. He's the all time. No me, way. Yeah. I'm like major fanboy. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'll tell him. He's definitely. No, I'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that. How many desserts did you cook? I cooked three, four desserts. Because you're really good at desserts. Too. Yeah. I found a real love for desserts yeah. and pastry. I kind of like that methodical measurements, like even like doing my breads and stuff like that. Yeah. I really like that side of cooking. And you do make a cracking sourdough. I'll I give do you make that. A good sourdough loft, don't yeah. I? Yeah. yeah. You really um, love it. Yeah. I don't know. The flavor in whatever you do in that, it's amazing. It's just time, love, and care. Exactly. Like saying the sourdough, how much do you have to feed it and that? Because I'm always like, I want to do it, but then too I'm much. like, yeah. it's too well, much. When you're like, Phil, I'm coming around for dinner on Friday. Wednesday night, I start making the sourdough. That's when the process starts. What do you mean? So you got to feed the starter to activate it that night. Then the next morning, you make your levain. So that's when you like feed it with the flour you're going to make the thing in. Mix it all together, add the starter, let it ferment, shape it. It's got to sit in the fridge overnight. Then you got to bake it for an hour the next day. But then you've got like the starter that you have that's sitting in your fridge and it could have been there for like 100 years. It sits here. Mine's like almost five years old now. So you can keep using that. Yes. Some yeah. restaurants have Ugh. sourdough starters that yeah. are like 50 years old. And you know, Haley almost killed mine. While I was filming on MasterChef, I was like, I'm going to feed this. I need it to activate. And then once it's activated, you put it in the fridge because when it's at a colder temperature, it'll stay for longer without needing to be fed. She put it in the freezer. <gasps> I came home the following weekend from filming and I was like, Where's the starter? She's like, in the freezer, like you said. I, was like, I said, the fridge. Oh. So I got it out, defrosted it, and like fed it and fed it for two weeks and nothing was happening. How do you feed a starter? It's just a flour and water mix. So mm. you just add 50% flour, 50% water, and it like activates and ferments, and then you take some out, and that's how you, you feed it and you keep it active. Cool. So if you process. if you give, yeah. gave me some of your starter, then yeah. I just have to put 50% flour, 50% water, and then… Mix it together. Yep. At least every day, but every second day you could be okay. And that'll keep it active. And then when you want to make your bread, you feed the starter, 
add it to the bread mix and that's how you make a salad. So you do that every second day? I do it every day. Do you? You feed your starter every Every day. My God, it's It's like like a pet. It's It's like like a habit now. (laughs) It's like a pet. It is, yeah. It's like a Tamagotchi. Literally, it is. Like little bacteria thing that you have to keep alive. Yeah, it is. I didn't realise it was such a process. Yeah. And, it's, and then you got to be careful of temperatures. If it's summertime and it's too hot, it can kill it. If it's winter, it gets too cold, it can get, like, too acidic. So that's, yeah, it's a balancing wow. act. It's very temperamental stuff. We, we've spoken about this on the podcast before. Food brings people together. Mm, when absolutely. you're sitting at a table and someone's, just say we're sitting at your table and someone's eating into your food, what yeah. kind of feeling do you get, like, of joy or, yeah. like, what is the feeling you get from that? I hope I don't give them salmonella. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't poison them. It's <laughs> yeah. first one. But it just brings me, yeah, such happiness and yeah. emotion. And, like, I don't even need to have to eat. I can just bring my food down to people, see them eating it, conversing, enjoying oh. it together, like, just happy. It just, like, fills my soul up so much. And, yeah, I really, really love it. You're like an Italian nonna. Yeah, like, really? Yeah. And it always says I'm 34 going on 64. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So if, just say we've got a family and we need to go to the supermarket, we need four ingredients yeah. to make a nice dinner. Yeah. What would you say would be the four staple ingredients to make a good meal? I'm putting you on the spot. You're putting me on the spot yeah. here. Yeah, just four ingredients. Yeah, four ingredients. Not Jamie's five. We're going. No. Four. Uh-huh. Okay, we'll go five. We'll go Jamie's five. Are we yeah. doing a starter as well? No, no. I just like just a main meal because I, I mean, I only live with my boyfriend, but like I find it so annoying every night to think of something to make. I find it so. It's just annoying. Mm. Like yeah. we always eat the same things and I would like to start cooking different things or being a bit adventurous. But I think one of the big things is playing around with different herbs and spices uh-huh. and aromats, things that like flavor dishes differently. Like you're going to have your base proteins, your chicken, salmons, beefs. You're going to have your veggies, mm-hmm. your salads. They're kind of going to be the staples that you get time in, time out. But try different herbs, try different spices, like go down the Asian aisle in, in the supermarket and there's so many different things and like jars and condiments yeah. and stuff there that you can add to dishes that just – enhance the flavor and make them fun to eat and that was something I used to do a lot when I was living the kind of fitness lifestyle where I would just have chicken broccoli and rice a lot and I was like mm. I need to add a bit of something to this flavor. plain chicken but making like little massaman curries and getting turmeric and cumin and stuff that's like also healthy and good for you mm-hmm. but adds a lot of flavor and taste to food. You yeah. obviously make that from the spice mix from scratch. I make scratch. everything from scratch. I'm like wow. anti-packet stuff, yeah. I love spice mix, curry. breads, pasta, everything. Have you tried the, the TikTok um, McDonald's beef taco? <laughs> no, I haven't tried that, but maybe I'll do a few TikTok It's really, recipes. it's actually yeah. really yum. Really? Like, I still haven't oh. tried it yet. Did you make it? Yes. It yeah. does look I've, amazing. I've had it more than once as well. Really? The Big Mac sauce is delicious. Oh, I love a Big Mac sauce. Yeah. yeah. And you make it, like, I make it from scratch. I don't make the tomato sauce. I don't make the tomato sauce or the yeah, mustard yeah. from scratch, but I make the sauce from scratch. Yeah, shallots and gherkins. In yeah. There. And you put the, did I say the white onions. Juice, yeah. The juice in it. Yeah. Actually, maybe I'll do that next week because i that's one thing that I struggle with. And I do love cooking, but I'm like, oh, the thought of cooking a meal, I'm like, I don't know what to cook. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'll just make spaghetti bolognese. Or just like, yeah, yeah, or just meat and pre-veg. But you, I presume you prep, like you go to the market on the weekend like us. Do you think of a menu through for the next like four or five days? Like I kind of eat very different Monday to Thursday and Thursday to Sunday. Mm. Like Monday to Thursday is like fitness, healthy, yeah. like just chickens, veggies, curries, meat, stuff like that. Yeah. And then on the weekend I kind of splurge a bit more or I'll get into my gamier meats and cheese and things like uh, that. Like. Because but, I see you on a weekend and I'm like, <laughs> how does Phil still have abs yeah. when he's eating that, question. that whole how plate did, of cheese, yeah. that meats, has three, a bottle of wine. Three bottles of wine. Yes. Because yeah. he's healthy think, Monday to Thursday. Yeah. And I think it's balanced. I got to this point first, whereas everyone wants to like 
live that balanced lifestyle but still get to an end goal, which yeah, it's not realistic, can't. unfortunately. So I gave up that like two years of my life to get into really good shape and mm. then started introducing this stuff back in. Mm-hmm. And I know I need to go to the gym five days a week. There's no excuses. Even if I am hungover, still go because mm-hmm. that's what I'm committed to. And on the weekends, then I can have my wine and cheese, go for pizza, catch up it's with true. friends, eat a bit healthier Monday to Thursday. Sometimes I know I've pushed it a bit hard, so I have to yeah. sacrifice on the weekend. But it's just get there first and then start to reintroduce. And like the time is going to pass one way or another. So why yeah. not just sacrifice 12, 24 weeks, get to that point, and then just be And then happy. you can have balance. That's true. Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. It's all about what, balance. Yeah. What are you having for dinner tonight? Well, it's Friday oh. night, which is normally my Philly cheese and wine night. I'm always cheese. But <laughs> watching the for, football. Watching the footy. Yeah. yeah. But I'm actually going to have dinner with some friends tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, going to Omnia in South Yarra, which I haven't tried yet. I haven't tried it. Oh, no, no. I have been there. Sorry. I have. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the Capitol building. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. been there. Yeah. So I'm excited to go and try that. And yeah. Catching up with friends. He's a chef as well too so mm. we'll go and nerd out in the food while our two wives can just sit there and be like what is wrong with these idiots are you, are you highly critical when you go out and oh, eat oh yeah I'm like you? if something's yeah. undercooked will you send it back uh depending on how bad it is but most of the time i'll kind of just eat through it and then complain about it a little bit <laughs> yeah you <laughs> want yeah. i was gonna say are you a google review person no i'm not no yeah. definitely not oh. but i would give the feedback to the kitchen i haven't worked in kitchens like, you do want that. Like, do it's you? It's just like in your job and your performance. You don't want to go to work every day and not get any feedback on how yeah. you but perform. And the only way they know is if it comes back. And it's not being mean, being like, this steak was terrible. What was this? But, like, sometimes it's like, hey, the chips didn't have any salt in them. Like, they're very under-seasoned. Yeah. Like, it'll go back to the kitchen. And I've been in kitchens where it comes back and the head chef takes that on board. He sends it to the section. He's like, hey, under-seasoned on that. Make sure it doesn't happen again. Yes, chef. Back to it and that's it. Do they not spit on your steak or anything? On no. Like you, get, you, you get some ridiculous things that come back. Like yeah. people complain about. Like, really? Yeah. Like, I've never sent a meal back. You never sent a meal back? Yeah. No, I've never seen food come back into the kitchen, but feedback that's come back oh. in that's been ridiculous. And people have like cleared all the food off the plate and been like, yeah, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be like. It was totally different. Yeah. But they ate it all. ate it all anyway. Yeah. yeah. I've never sent food back. Thanks, I've Karen. sent a coffee back. Re- oh, yeah. yeah. If coffee. it's milk. But the milk, because mm. people don't listen sometimes, and then oh, it what's comes your coffee with, order? Well, a double <laughs> shot oat latte. <laughs> it's not that That's bad. Not too bad. No, it's, it's not, not too bad. bad. But like I've had, like it's cow's milk, and you take a sip, and you're like, that is not oat milk. I would definitely shit myself. That is going back. Yeah, yeah. But I've only ever you've sent a coffee back. Oh yeah, definitely. I've never sent fruit back though. Because I'm like, no. you. I'm like, I taste it, and then you taste it. I'm like. Is this? I'm like, no, that's definitely dairy. Yeah. I wonder if something was like inedible. Like if I got raw chicken or oh, something, absolutely. I would send that back. But outside of that, I would just pass on the feedback to the mm, kitchen. Like, yeah. Make a big deal about it. Like yeah, just so you know, X, Y, Z. Okay. Another question. It's very Aussie. But would you eat a palmer? No. No. Palmer's horrific. No. no. Oh, my God. I love a palmer. So bad. Especially a homemade palmer, to be fair, yeah. is delicious. You do, gotta, how can you not like a palmer? If I even got to do Shipping that, back. beautiful, sh- beautiful schnitzel, you're putting the bloody pizza toppings on it. Yeah, it's delicious. Disgusting. A bit no. of ha- like a bit of salt no, from the you hand. That- home, you should. Okay, this is a little. I've got homework for you. Bougie parma. Do a bougie parma, and we'll come for dinner. Okay, done. Because you can do a beautiful bougie parma. Go to the deli, get like a really nice ham. Yeah. Do your own sauce, like tomato, and yeah. then cheese. I think it's just like when you get all that pack of cheese and there's just way too much for it. Yeah, like, there's just a lot going on here. What other Aussie foods would you, do you not like? Well, he likes well, you Vegemite. like Vegemite now, and I saw Vegemite sent you a PR package, so yeah, you love have. you so love you have to like Vegemite Vegemite. sponsored athletes. Yeah. <laughs> you love Vegemite I've come now. To Vegemite. I do love Vegemite. Yeah, I don't know what else. I, I pretty much like all the food here, except I mean, for Parmans. 
Yeah, the palm is a bit What cool. else is stereotypically What's Aussie? Stereotypical meat pie. Aussie? Yeah, I like a meat pie, but yeah. again, I like a good meat pie. Yeah, like, like from a like, not four like a and proper... 20. Maybe the four and 20, like Angus beef, the like bougie one, but not oh. the, the entry level. No. Okay. There's some of those like old Aussie dishes that I learned about on MasterChef, like apricot chicken and stuff. <gasps> oh, like that, that takes me back to my childhood. Oh, my uh, no, it's apricot disgusting. chicken it's, is actually quite good. It's nice. <laughs> Sorry. It's actually good no. because it takes me back to like, beef, a child. Beef stroke? Beef stroganoff. Beef stroganoff. I mean, that's not an Australian dish, but it's an I would think. I wouldn't chow think min? apricot. Did you, did you eat chow mein as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> chow mein. It's yeah. not Australian. And shalong bao as well. I came from Werribee. Guys, I know it's not Australian. But Yucky, just, that's Australian. <laughs> Alright, just think of food that we used to eat as a kid. My mum used to always make apricot chicken, yeah. beef stroganoff, um, chow mein, tuna <laughs> casserole. Oh, yeah. Tuna like, casserole. Things you used to Pavlova. eat as a kid. Pavlova. I love Pavlova. Tuna bake, yeah. Tuna bake. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you're mum. Tuna patties? Is that an Aussie no, thing? That, Ooh, like a tuna I don't know my mum never made nah. them. But what did you ever as a kid, sorry, this is really taking me back. Did your mum ever, to use all the vegetables, do like that sausage casserole? No. Oh, it's actually really nice. It's very Australian. Is this actually. a chow mein? Is that what this is? <laughs> it's like a sausage casserole and it's like a ratatouille kind of vibe and then the sausage is through it. Oh. And you have it on like mashed potatoes and stuff. I think it's very it Aussie. Sounds very Irish. Yeah. Like there's an Irish dish they make in Dublin called coddle. Oh. It was like the the poor sausage. people when they would get to like the end of the pay month and all they left was like some sausages, yeah. veggies, a bit of bacon. They just like throw it all in like, like a stew. It's like to stoop. get rid of all your veggies and yeah. stuff, yeah. and you like pop the. So- it's actually kind of nice. But the sausages get like boiled in there. They're, I'm they're not they're sure. They're white. They're gross. Oh, gross! Yeah. Yeah. Now I need to. I need to know what other Aussie foods they said were stereotypical Australian. Definitely like, apricot chicken. Yeah. Vegemite, apricot chicken. Palmer. Oh, yeah. Palmer, Palmer, lamington. Lamingtons, yeah, I could take or leave a lamington. Yeah, I don't like lamingtons. I don't like lamingtons, but I prefer a lamington with jam in it. I don't love lamingtons, yeah. though. I think it's mm. the coconut for me, the desiccated coconut. I'm not big on. Um, mm. What else is like Aussie? I'm trying to think of what I used to eat as a kid. We were just a meat and three veg kind yeah, of fam. Like meat and like, veg. Like it'd like, be like sausages, peas, potato. What yeah. about like the Aussie snacks, like shapes? Like they're a bit. Oh, no. you're not a Shapes fan? Nah. Really? Tim Tams? Oh, I love a Tim Tams. Yeah, Tim yeah. Tams. Okay. Penguins. doesn't like penguins Tim back home. Do you actually have Tim Tams? Yeah, they're called penguins. Do they taste the same? They're not as good. Yeah. Tim Tams better. Because yeah. I know. She was ready to fight. She's no, like, no, 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 because I saw someone do a TikTok and there's like a UK, maybe it's the same thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. a UK version. They look the same. Yeah. But they were like, no way. The Australian one's way so better, much better. Way better. Yeah. Um, Trying to think. Milo? Oh. You don't like so Milo. Overrated. No. And the way Katie's family make it, they put in like six Heaps. spoons. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it. It's like the tiniest bit of milk. The milk doesn't even get absorbed, it just like floats on top. And then you just eat the bottom. Wait, no. No way. No, you need to grow back. I don't mind like like a Milo ice cream or something. I could get around that, but as a kid, we used to get like a vanilla ice cream and then sprinkle the Milo on top. It's a really good dessert. Okay, you can make that for me. Did you used to have it? Yeah, and oh. you make it like a soupy kind of thing. Yeah, and you yeah. like stir it. It was like delicious. It's like a thick ma- shape. We also used to like have Nesquik growing up as well. I did. My yeah. mum stopped buying that. The strawberry one. It was too sweet. Oh. You just had a Cadbury's drinking chocolate. Is so Cadbury's taste different in the UK? Can yeah. You? Yeah, okay. Does it? Yeah, and I've been here so long now, I've got converted to the Aussie chocolate that when I go home, I'm like, oh, the Irish chocolate's it's weird. Gross. Oh. Yeah. Is so it no weird. good? No, I can't eat it anymore. Oh. It's been converted. I mean, I first came here, I was like, oh, this chocolate tastes different here. But now that's normal to me. The stuff in Ireland is oh. weird. What's your favorite Cadbury block? Because you do like it. Oh, Cadbury Marvelous, Cadbury. popping candies. All is day. it? Really? Yeah. yeah, my favorite. What's your, Sarah? Hazelnut. 
Yeah, hazelnut. I like something the crunch. with that crunch. Hazelnut, yeah. and mm. I'm a massive Marvel fan. Really? I love oh. Marvel. Well, Maltese was till I die, though. Oh, oh yeah, you are a Maltese person. Pack a, yeah. pack a week, easy. Yeah. Really? My yeah. mum loves Maltese. Yeah, the best. Could you make Maltesers? Probably could. You could yeah. make like a Maltese dessert for when we come over, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. Like something, I don't know. I don't know what it's made out of. Golden Gay Times. I love a Golden Gay Time. Yeah, they're good. I, you don't? I, I like them. What okay. a Golden Gay Times. Let's ask Philly this one. This is a game Tal and I play quite a bit when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. You could only live off one cuisine. Lunch. Breakfast, breakfast lunch, lunch dinner, dinner. For the rest of your life. What are you choosing? Like a nationality. Yeah. Yeah. Like Japanese, you'd have to eat a lot of rice. Mexican. in the morning. Yeah. The sushi. Greek, you will get a lot of seafood. I know what mine is. Mine has not changed. What's yours? I think I probably got French. What? Okay. Okay. Croissant. The croissant. Yeah. Croissant, baguettes, cacovans, bordelaise. That's actually a really good one. Okay. I never thought of French. Sarah's. Do they have some kind of pasta dish? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so She's like, I could get on board if there's a pasta dish yes. in there. Do they like do they not? I'm sure they would. I don't know if they do like a dry pasta, but they would have some sort of risotto or something done. Because it's like yeah. Italians you got pasta and like Chinese you got noodles, but French don't really have anything well, they like bread. that. Bread. Yeah, they got pa- bread. bread and what pastries. Ah. Yeah. The one thing I do love about when you go to France is like I love goat's cheese. Yeah. And they do the goat cheese and the salads or with the sweet beans. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. And it just, the goat's cheese there is so nice. What's your cuisine? Mine's Greek. I love Greek, Greek food. And you can have really? Greek yogurt in the morning. Yeah. Like I love saganaki, love that, love souvlaki. So mine would be Greek. You got, you can, you've got um, that pastizio that you get, it's got pasta in it. Oh, so you can Here have we that. go. Oh, yeah. okay. And what <laughs> would like yours be if, uh, if you can't have Italian? Like Greek, I love really? Greek food. Greek's like my favorite. Yeah. I just think like the char grilled seafood mm. and you wouldn't like, be fat on Greek. To be fair, the only if you eat enough, it's just like I'm gonna have saganaki, yeah. I'm gonna have Greek yogurt for breakfast. Like yeah, um, souvlaki is for dinner. I do love Japanese as well. Yeah, I, 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 do could, too. I could live oh, off Japanese. Mexican. Nah, no, breakfast. Too much spice. Though. Too much spice. Yeah. Do you like Mexican food? I do like Mexican, but, but not not, I couldn't live on it. Yeah. What yeah. cuisine do you find hardest to cook? I struggle with like Thai food and stuff like that. Do you? I think it's just from having not known, like when you're making those things from scratch, how they're meant to be, taste and come together. So having that background inside is definitely hard. And Southeast yeah. Asian was something I was really bad at before the show and I've kind of worked on a little bit, but a lot of those dishes that are hard to say as well, I find it <laughs> difficult. Like a green curry you could make, yeah? Thai yeah, green curry? Make, green curries and stuff like that. But some of them are like different broths and regional dishes yeah. and stuff are like really it's, intricate. It's really about the ratio of sweet, sour. Mm. Yeah. And then what's the third one? Sweet, sour. Salty. Salty. Yeah. And that's a hard ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Even just like ingredients over there that I was like foreign to until I started like investigating them. I was like, I'm going to stick to my I European stuff. And, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like tamarind, is it tamarind? Tamarind paste. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do like Thai food. Now, you've switched careers recently. I have, yes. You've gone into the wine business, yes. Yeah. And you are a wine guru. Like, you're my like wine guru. So. Mm. Yeah. What are some trending wines right now? 
I think Grenache is a big one at the moment. It just won Wine of the Year and Halliday's Wine of the Year from Yangara State. And in Australia, we have the oldest Grenache vines in the world. And some oh, of the oldest yeah. vines full stop because in Europe, there was a disease called phylloxera that wiped out all of the vines in the late 1800s. Really? Wow. And we have Grenache vines in here that are 160 years old. Like they're incredible. The roots are like huge. They're like almost half a meter wide. Where would that be? Like in South Australia? In McLaren Vale, yeah. some in Barossa. And the fruit that comes off them is like so minimal because they're so old, they struggle to produce fruit. So then the flavors of that fruit is really rich and concentrated. Mm. The, the wines that come off them are world class, but it's kind of not in fashion at the moment. But I think it's starting to see a bit of a resurgence again. Grenache should mm. be my, my big one. Mm. The Gamay as well, coming out of Beaujolais, has, I think there's a big movement, especially for our generation on the more natural, sustainable yeah. wine side of things. And Beaujolais and Burgundy in France is kind of the home of that and where that all started. And their traditional grape is called Gamay. And you're seeing it planted more and more here because it's getting warmer and warmer in places like Mornington and Beechworth. So Pinot is not ripening anymore because yeah. it needs cooler climate. And Gamay is kind of the next step up from Pinot. So it can wow. handle that bit more heat, similar flavor profile, and is made in the same vines. I bumped into Philly on Sunday and I said, I had the nicest <laughs> bottle of wine last night. And was I didn't know what a Gamay was. And I said, it's a Gamay. And he was like, oh, that's a French one. It's like all that natural stuff. And I was like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, like, heard of it. Yeah, so if if it's natural, if they plant it here, do they have to harvest it harvest it in the same way? Like it has to be natural. Well, when you say it's natural, it's more about how the wine is made when it comes into the the winery. That's so what, what they have to, to do. It. That they you don't have to. No, yeah, there's, right. there's many people that make it in an unnatural way. But mm. the guys in Beaujolais in France, they're just very alternative. Mm. They're like, now we just want pure juice. Natural. Press the grapes. Let them do their thing. Ferment. Like they don't add any yeast or any also, they don't add anything else. Don't just... add any yeast, and they do like semi-carbonic maceration where they like trap them in a can and they don't get any extra oxygen. They oh, just wow. let them ferment inside and the juice comes out and they just make world-class wines and it's a fraction of the price of the Pinot you get from Burgundy and other parts of the world. Really? Yeah. yeah. How did you learn all this? Well, I'm very like OCD and obsessive compulsive and once I like want to know something about uh -huh. something I just go all in like I was the same with like my fitness and then food and then it was wine and I was like all right I'm gonna learn as much about wine as I can mm. again for like another year or two years I was just drinking different types of wines yeah. bought a bunch of books did a couple of online courses and then last year I decided after not making up MasterChef the first time around I went back to work and realized like I'm not happy doing my mm -hmm. job and having failed and getting on MasterChef kind of gave me the push to like I need to do something different mm -hmm. and Moved to Italy, did the wine harvest over there and just gave me this sense of freedom and belief in myself again that I'd made the right decision to kind of go all out and follow this dream. And wine is definitely a huge part of my life and so is the, the food side of things and I'm glad I took that leap. Yeah. And do you cook with wine? I do, yeah. Yeah. Not the yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long were you in Italy for? I was in Italy for about six weeks for the harvest this time last year when I got the email from MasterChef saying, hey, would you go back and audition uh... again? And I had to go to the winemaker and say, hey, I'm so sorry, but oh. I have to leave early to go back for MasterChef. And he goes, that's amazing. He goes, I got on MasterChef Italy a few years oh, ago, wow. but I couldn't do it because of the harvest. You have to go back and do it oh. for me. And I was like, oh, this is like the best. And like all the, the people in the town that had all met, they're all messaging me the whole time. They're like, how's MasterChef going? How did you oh, get on? Like, we can't so wait to watch sweet. it here. Because like, your, yeah, your face just lit up when you spoke about Italy. Oh, like Italy is in my heart. That's yeah? why I want to retire one day. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, I'm going to buy a house there so you can yeah. live with me. You, I mean, you can cook for me. You have the blinds out the back. Yeah. yeah. Just make wine. I'll cook. Did you? What did you learn that experience teach you about life? Because it's a, a unique way of living. I think, like, I've always kind of, you know, I wanted to have, you know, nice things and restaurants mm -hmm. and food and all that. And that for me was everyone, you know, 
work hard to create the life you want, which I always associated that with being work hard so you can make lots of money and buy yeah. lots of things. Mm. But when I went there, we didn't really spend much. Like we kind of lived off the land. There was a couple of little restaurants. We would just make wine. I get paid 100 euros a week, which is next to nothing. And I did not even care that I had like no money coming in. And I was like, this is all I want to just be surrounded by good people, good food, good wine, just in an element where I was like, I don't think I've been happy like this in years. It was just when I came back to Australia, I was like, that's just my mission going forward. It's not about money or materials or things. It's I just want to be around good food, good wine, good people and Mm -hmm. just be healthy and happy. Yeah. And you've kept that up? Yeah, that's oh. that's every morning when I wake up. That's my drive. That's what I work Love towards. That. It's not about money and material things, going places. It's just good. Food Your happiness is the main yeah. thing. Those Phil, things, I love I that. Yeah. That is really nice. It is. That's like really warm my heart. Yes, sentimental. Yeah, <laughs> but then all like this is us, our Delulu happy mm. like girl stuff. You acting in that way and having that vibration, you're probably attracting yeah. better things, more things that yeah. you ever imagined. Yeah. And there's some people that have said it to me, like just from having worked with them in the industry and doing some stuff on socials or like we just mm. like your energy and your vibe. You're mm-hmm. just like happy, authentic person that just loves what you do. You're passionate oh, about food, so passionate nice. about wine. And it kind of reaffirms that like I've made the right decision and yeah. following the right path right now, which is, is good. Absolutely. I agree with that with socials. I've, I'm very engaged in your socials Are now you? when you do yeah. videos. Yeah. You did one recently about an ice cream and I was, I, I think my recommendation might have been like a, you were cooking a flavour and it was fig or something. I asked for a oh, fig yum. and then Tully asked for something else and I think she won and I was like, oh, well, of course, of course. Did you ask for Nutella ice cream? Was that you? I don't know. No. Oh, I asked for pistachio. Oh, pistachio. Oh, yes. Love pistachio. Yeah, love pistachio ice yeah. cream. Yeah, and you were like. Maybe next time. I was like, oh, of yeah. course. I don't know what I said. I can't remember. I can't remember. I did a few ice cream videos recently. Mm. Yeah. I do love pistachio. Yeah. Do, I don't know if we spoke about this before, but if anyone's living in Melbourne and is wanting to try a venue, where is there somewhere that you haven't tried that you can recommend because you know it's amazing? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, we should play it by via budget. Yeah, I know. Just because I like, I want to try out new places, and I'm like, I know there's that new one in the old Stockbroke. It's French. Oh, the Larune. Yeah, the oh Rene Larune. Yeah, yeah. you went, went there. Didn't yeah, you? was yeah. that good? Incredible. Really, just, the venue looks yeah. amazing, and the food looked great. Yeah, food is amazing. Service is incredible, and it's like it's an expensive restaurant, but for that level that it was at, I was expecting the bill to be more when it came down. To be yeah. honest, and we drank quite a few good wines and I was like oh that's like yeah reasonable Melbourne that's CBD one place dining. I would like to try but is it anywhere else and it can even be in like the burbs it doesn't have to be in the city that I haven't been to, I've been to a I lot know of there's one in the burbs that I haven't been to yeah that I'd like to try there's one out in Aberfeldy a Chinese place that I apparently the Laos? Yes. Yeah, it's owned yeah. by Laos. Yes. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I haven't. But yeah, I've heard that's oh, that's good. the one yeah. you want to try in your Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Apparently that's cracking and like doesn't look that's like anything gross. from the outside, but our friends that live in the area, they're like, it is packed every Epic. night. Yeah. Yeah. I do really want to go to, it's a bit fancy as well, but the 10 minutes by tractor in Mornington. Yeah. Since they had the like they had the fire and the whole place burnt down and they've like renovated the restaurant and reopened and it looks amazing. Wow. And yeah, it's, everyone says like regional restaurants, that's number one spot. Really? Mm. Okay. And the wines are yeah. yeah. What it's about a- for a great pasta? <laughs> great pasta. You can't go past Tipo Zero Zero. Really? Yeah, love the pasta. Okay. There. Yeah, it does do good pasta. I was yeah. gonna say if there is a family that is on a budget, mm. where would you take them? If somewhere that I haven't been on a budget. No, you could have been anywhere. 
Family, fr- um, family well, friendly. You said before that place was yeah, cheap. Shanghai Street Dumplings on Little Burke Street. Yeah. yeah, epic dumplings. But Sarai as well is not that expensive. I think it's like eighty bucks for their like okay. feed me menu, which oh, is that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. And okay. The cocktails are pretty well priced. Like you go in there with hundred bucks, you like leave okay, pretty perfect. happy. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got some ideas for anyone that's listening and wants to try somewhere. Yep. Yeah. And um, where can people find you, Philly? They can, where can they find me cooking? No, that Just, and socials and, and everywhere. Socials, yeah, at Phil Conway underscore is where you can find me. Yep. I do a bit of cooking in Sarai from time to time and hopefully yep. when Voodamon gets back open there. And I'm also launching my own private in-house cooking. So yes. if you want me to come and cater for you, full service, plates, clean up the whole lot. That's good. Yeah. You, okay. Did you just do something the other day? Yes. Yeah, I did down in Red Hill for three couples that just do a little family getaway together every like end of every winter and they just booked a little house and winery down there and I just went cooked lunch for them. Oh. Such a great time. Yeah, okay, so if us. anyone wants a private chef, it sound very bougie. In home, yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely hit okay. up Phil. I, yeah. reckon, I feel like we should do a girl's, okay, we're going to book you. Yeah, okay, I reckon we should do, do a girl's lunch towards the end of the year to celebrate the end of the year and we'll book you for like a Christmas. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That would be fun. Yeah, can do like wine pairings and everything. Oh, yep. We can do like some blind wine pairings. I love Try the that. wine, great. what does it taste like, yep. what do you think it is. Okay, yeah. fun. Love that. Love that. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. Love it. So, All right. Thank you so much. Can't even talk. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank so you, fun. Chili Feely. Now Hayley will be like, oh, I want to be on. Oh, I no. really enjoy talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks. It's us again. We're back. It's Tully and Sarah. And if you don't know, we have an activewear brand called Tully Lou. And we have Australia's favourite leggings, but not only do we have leggings, we've got hoodies, we've got outerwear. We've got everything that you may need for an active lifestyle. So we want to give you guys an offer. If you've never shopped at Tally Lou, or if you've shopped at Tally Lou, and you just want $15 off your next order, you need to take this offer and it's TL Cherry, all caps, all one word, and pop that in at checkout and you will get $15 off. So head to our website. It's www.tallyloo.com or head to our Instagram, stalk our page, use the code and let's get you all in some TL. And welcome to the family. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 